and that's what we talk about all the time in the gym is um, we do hard things here so we can do hard things outside of the gym. And whether that's parenting my, you know, my kids when they're having a rough day or a difficult challenge at work, when you, when you make a commitment to yourself and you keep it, it breeds confidence. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Bill Emmeheiser, and you're listening to Mental Health You, the podcast dedicated to demystifying and destigmatizing mental health issues. So if you or someone you know is struggling with depression, anxiety, trauma, or some other mental health issue, then this podcast is for you. This episode is proudly sponsored by Unison Health, dedicated to making lives better through compassionate, quality mental health and addiction treatment services. Learn more at unisonhealth.org. Today, we are thrilled to have distinguished guest, Amy Kobold. Amy is the Chief Operating Officer at Unison Health and a licensed professional clinical counselor, bringing a unique blend of clinical expertise and business acumen to our conversation. Armed with a master's degree in business administration, Amy has seamlessly integrated her passion for mental health with her strategic leadership role at Unison Health. But that's not all. Amy is an avid runner and a fitness instructor beyond the boardroom, underscoring her commitment to holistic wellness. In today's episode, Amy is going to share her insights and the impact of goal setting on mental and physical well-being. So whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a mental health advocate, or simply looking for some practical strategies to enhance your overall well-being, you're in for a treat. Welcome, Amy. I am so excited to have you on the, the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Amy, let's start out talking a little bit about your professional experience and how your journey resulted in combining a mental health uh, counseling degree with a business degree. So I started off um, with a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I knew um, mental health and counseling was where I wanted to go. So I went straight from my bachelor's degree into my um, master's in counseling, and I got licensed as a therapist and spent about two years doing therapy, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I love Unison. I love the organization, and I was mentored by some fantastic leaders um, who really helped me see a path um, to become a supervisor. So pretty quickly, I moved into a supervision role, and I actually found that that position was even more fulfilling to me than doing therapy. Um, I just liked teaching and mentoring and helping clinicians grow and see their potential. And it really is a parallel process to therapy. Um, you get to you get to watch people kind of identify their strengths and reach new potentials. So I just found a lot of meaning in that. After about five or six years of different supervisor roles, I started to aspire to become an executive leader. I worked in the quality department for a while. And then I was really looking at what what are my long-term goals? Where do I see myself in five, seven years? And I realized that if I wanted to kind of take my leadership to the next level and pursue executive leadership, I was going to need some different skills and some different education. So I definitely pondered it for a few months, discussed what that would mean for my life to go back. You know, at this point, I had two kids. I was married, obviously had a pretty busy career, but I did, um, with the support of my family, make that decision to go back and get my MBA. And that was really to help me achieve my long-term goals. You're also an avid runner and, and really into that fitness space. What do you do on uh, as far as running goes, as far as fitness goes? So I've played sports ever since I was young. That was definitely my passion as a teenager. My closest friends today, two of my four bridesmaids were my co-basketball players on the varsity team in high school. So that was really my community. I loved just being in the gym. I liked exercising. And it was about the community and it was about the relationships and just how 
just how it impacted my mental health positively. It helped me cope with stress. And so, you know, college was definitely more challenging to stay fit. But after, after I got out of my first bachelor's degree, I was really looking for something similar to what I had in high school. And I got involved with a kickboxing class. I got involved with a spin class. And I made some great friends there too. And I found that that one hour of my day that I would spend pursuing exercise and, and fitness allowed me to accomplish the things later in the day that I wanted. And I pretty quickly saw that my energy level, my attitude, just my perspective was always better on the days that I exercised. And so it's looked different for me over the years because at different times, different exercises like were more fun to me. And so, you know, in college it was spin class and kickboxing. And then in my late twenties and early thirties, it was running. And for the last five years, it's been CrossFit. And so I've definitely evolved and done different things, but it was always about, you know, the people I was with and, and having fun. Um, that's what I always tell people is if you're looking to get involved with fitness, find something that you actually like to do. Like if you hate running, don't run. You're never going to stick right. with it if you hate it. Right. But there's so many different options out there. You might really enjoy biking. You might really enjoy swimming. And there's no one right way to do it. I think sometimes we get really dogmatic with, I have to do it this way because I know this one person did it this way and that worked for them. Well, that might not work for you and that's okay. So, you know, I've, I've tried to mix it up over the years because once I got sick of spinning, I was like, all right, I don't even want to do this anymore. What else might be out there that I would enjoy? Amy, it is the new year and people are inevitably thinking about um, where they've been and what the future is going to hold. And that leads us to thinking about goal setting. It's interesting. I read an article in Forbes recently where they polled Americans' attitudes surrounding setting goals and resolutions. And I thought it was really interesting. The survey highlighted uh, some standout themes this year for 2024. The top three resolutions that people are, are thinking about is physical health. They're looking at their finances and their mental health. And, uh, and it's interesting that last year, the number one item was mental health, that people were prioritizing that. So it's still in the top three. We also know that most people, when they set a resolution, that usually by the third week of January, they have stopped working on their, their resolution, that it comes and it goes. I really thought that, um, that it would be interesting to have you on the podcast as we listen to your history, because there's no accident in that you ended up with two master's degrees. You're in a leadership role. Uh, at Unison Health, and you've done all these fitness um, activities. And I know I see trophies and I see um, uh, medals hanging on your wall. Uh, so I know you've run half marathons. I thought you might be the perfect person to talk about how important it is to to set goals and how you might achieve goals. And with that, I'm just curious, why do you believe goal setting is so crucial? I think pursuing a goal has to be intentional. We don't naturally drift towards achievements in my experience. And so writing things down and having a plan is critical for me to, to achieve anything, whether that's I want to get my grocery shopping done by Friday. If I say that, I'm probably not going to get it done. But if I know I'm going to go grocery shopping Wednesday at three after I get out of this meeting and I do this, that's specific. If I let myself just kind of drift through life, it's, it's going to be kind of aimless and, and it doesn't allow me to achieve what I want to achieve. And so for me, there's there's two really big components. It's kind of looking down the road at what I, what I want to accomplish and knowing what that long-term goal is. Um, for example, my first half marathon, I planned that 11 months in advance. I knew wow. next April, I want to run that half marathon. 
And I had never run long distances before. So I was going from zero to 13.1 miles. So I set a very long-term goal. And then from there, it's about the daily pursuit of that goal. What does that look like today? It doesn't mean I run 13 miles today. It didn't even mean I ran one mile that day. It was I ran a quarter mile and I walked a quarter mile. Then I ran a quarter mile and I walked a quarter mile. So recognizing where I'm at today and then not taking too big of a jump to try and get to where I want to be because that's very punishing. Had I went out there and tried to even run five miles or even two miles on day one, I would have been frustrated. I would have been down on myself. I would have wanted to give up because I couldn't do it. So I think recognizing where we're at and then creating very bite-sized mini goals to get to where we want to be, there's reward in that because then I felt really good after that first day. I, I did it. I ran the quarter mile and I walked the quarter mile. I did what I set out to do. And that's that positive reinforcement, just that feeling of satisfaction, that breeds confidence. And then it believes it's bred in me the the belief that I can do it. Because typically when we set goals, it's something new or it's something challenging. And there will be roadblocks. There will be barriers. There will be a thousand reasons, you know, things that will get in the way. But if you've created a good foundation and you've had seven victories before that one barrier hits, the the belief that you can push through that really, you know, it's what stops you from giving up. So I think bite-sized goals and then being realistic about it. You know, my, my goal initially was not to run every single day. That never would have happened. I would, I was too busy. I knew that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I would have said, I'm going to run every day. And then on the third day I missed it. It's so easy to give up then because now I haven't met my goal. Now I feel bad about myself. So I'm just going to throw in the towel. Versus saying, I'm going to run three days a week, and it's going to be Monday at 6 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m., and planning it out, scheduling mm-hmm. a date for myself, if you will, it's it's much harder to avoid it then. Versus saying, even, I'm going to run three times this week, and then if, if it happens, it happens, and we know it won't, right? The, the, everything will get right. in the way. A million things will pop up. So for me, writing it down, having a plan, and making sure it's realistic is, is so important. Mental Health U is brought to you by Unison Health. Unison Health, making lives better. Life can be hectic, right? So you were <laughs> you were doing all these the you were doing marathons and 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 doing the fitness side of things, but you were also pursuing your professional goals, you were pursuing uh, an education to master's degrees. Certainly there were times where things got in the way, where just an event that you don't expect life happens and it throws you off. Can you talk about how you might get back on track, how somebody could get back on track after they've, maybe they have missed, they even scheduled, they did everything right. And it's, it's, you know, seven o'clock on that Wednesday evening, they're going to go run. And then, you know, uh, their tire blows out or their kid is sick or, you know, something, some kind of life event happens. How do people get back on track? Yeah, I think giving ourselves a little grace is definitely important. And recalibrating, you know, one day doesn't discount 30 good days of work. And that was a that was a hard lesson I had to teach myself because I'm, you know, I can be very black and white. And so I did want to say, oh, I didn't get my run on Wednesday. I'm just not going to run the rest of the week because this week's wasted, quote. No, but it's not, right? So it's two runs is still better than no runs. Um, even if my goal was right. three, if I got two. So I think counting the wins along the way and really reinforcing that. I write everything down because for me, visually being able to see it, 
that's rewarding yes. in and of itself. And so I keep a little calendar where I just jot down my workout afterwards. And that way, if my goal for, you know, the month was I want to run a hundred miles, let's say, and I got to 90, it's easy for me to just focus on that 10 I didn't do. But when you can see written down 90 miles, like that's a lot. And so celebrating, you know, even if it wasn't a hundred percent, celebrating kind of where you're at, reminding yourself of the wins that you've had, it makes it much harder to throw in the towel when you can see some progress. And so, you know, for me, healthy eating and nutrition is another focus and it's a challenging one. Yep. You know, weight loss goals can be really challenging. And so, you know, one one bad day, one cheat meal doesn't discount 30 good days of nutrition. Right. And so we are the sum of what we do repeatedly. We are not the sum of what we do once. And so if you miss one run, one, one goal, one, one thing you meant to do, if you've done it 29 times beforehand, that is the totality. It's not that one. So I think where our focus is really is important. Do you ever incorporate other people? Do people know what your goals are? Are you sharing that with others or is it kind of a secret? How does that work? No, I definitely share them with people because it's helped me to be accountable. I've been getting up and going to a 5 a.m. CrossFit class for about four years. And I know I never would have stuck with that if it wasn't for the friend I met there that also does 5 a.m. And if I'm not there on a Thursday and I told her I was going to be there on Thursday, I know I'm going to get a text at 7.30. Where were you today? So I think having some accountability partners and some people that can cheer you on, it makes it fun. It, it really does. And, and it can give a lot of positive reinforcement and a lot of encouragement when you know, not every, not every workout or not every run is my best. And so if mm-hmm. that workout wasn't my best that day, that's okay. I got to see my friend. I got, to, I can appreciate different components of it. I have found that being in a community of people that are pursuing something similar, whether that's, you know, their own goals related to CrossFit or running or whatever, it, it creates momentum and it creates some, just some, some support when you might need it. Because I think we confuse motivation as nece- we don't we don't need motivation. Motivation's a feeling. Mm-hmm. I love the days uh-huh. when I go to the gym and I'm motivated. That's fantastic. But right. very rarely am I waking up at 4:30 in the morning motivated to go. <laughs> I'm right. doing it because I'm disciplined and I've made the choice mm-hmm. to do it. And so I think if we rely only on our own motivation, that will always run out. We are not going right. to always feel like doing it. But if we're disciplined and we've got people around us to help support that, it helps us be successful. Sounds very empowering. Have you noticed a positive impact on your mental health and your emotional state because of that discipline? Absolutely. Um, my husband jokes that he's like, you need to go work out <laughs> on days when I'm struggling because <laughs> it's um, it definitely it gives me it gives me energy. It gives me confidence that I can do hard things. And that's what we talk about all the time in the gym is um, we do hard things here so we can do hard things outside of the gym. And whether that's oh. parenting my you know, my kids when they're having a rough day or a difficult challenge at work, when you, when you make a commitment to yourself and you keep it, it breeds confidence. It's very much a life giver for me. And really what got me into running was, it was mental health related. I I had not been a runner and I set that goal to run that half half marathon because I was kind of struggling. I was Mm. feeling tired all the time. I was feeling lethargic. I was feeling kind of overwhelmed by life. I had just had my second son and I, and I wasn't really sure what my next steps were going to be in my career. And the running really was the, the catalyst for a lot of the professional decisions I made within that next year after that um, to go back and get my MBA and, and to pursue some different things. So I think those two things go hand in hand for me. I, I have a difficult time being mentally healthy if I'm not physically healthy. Well, that kind of is a nice segue into 
you know, 2024 is coming up and you, you have all this experience uh, with goal setting, with objectives and achievement. If you had to give a couple of your best wellness tips for the listeners today, what might some of those things be? My number one thing is to get outside, get some fresh air. I know the sunshine hasn't been around for the last week or two, but, right. you know, getting some sunshine. But even if the sun's not out, um, just that fresh air and, and go for a walk or be in nature. You know, we're indoors a lot in, in Ohio, yes. especially around this time of year. Bundle up and get some fresh air and get outdoors. My second one is to make sure you're getting enough sleep. That's something that I found I was sacrificing and you know, I was trying to do all the things, but I wasn't resting and mm-hmm. I eventually just fatigued and I, and I really had to, to learn that the hard way. So getting enough rest. And for me, that means putting down my screen and limiting my screen time, especially in the evening. I think we are all prone to staring at our phones yep. longer than we should be. And that's just not doing anything healthy for our brains. So limiting screen time, getting outdoors, getting rest, and and really just getting active. And that doesn't have to be, you know, running a half marathon. It can be going for a five-minute walk. It can be, you know, playing outdoors with your kids. It can be something that you wouldn't even call, quote, exercise, but just being active and moving. And for me, too, nutrition is a big part of wellness. I I can feel it when I'm not eating healthy and not even just like in my weight or just mentally. I'm sluggish. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. Um, because I'm not fueling my body properly. Let's pretend that everybody is, you, you know, people are doing these tips. They are, they are sleeping, they're, they're exercising, they're getting out and they're still struggling with some kind of mental health issue. Maybe they, they're feeling some anxiety or depression or some other issue that's impacting their daily functioning. Here in the Northwest Ohio region, where can folks go for help if they're struggling with a mental health issue? You can visit www.unisonhealth.org and click schedule an appointment and a licensed counselor can meet with you. You don't have to wait until you're depressed or so anxious you can't leave the house. You you can be just concerned about how you're feeling and come in and talk about it. We've got great staff here that can offer support to you, even if it's not life-threatening. Sometimes we think, it, well, it's not that bad. It doesn't have to right. be that bad. If you're not feeling like yeah. yourself, get help. Thank you, Amy. I I really appreciate your time, your knowledge, and your passion. Your perspective on the importance of goal setting for mental and physical health has undoubtedly, I think, left our listeners with a wealth of inspiration and practical strategies. To our audience, remember that life is a journey. It's not a destination. You set those goals, stay focused, and continue to strive to be the best version of yourself. Until next time, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and have a super fantastic day. This podcast has been brought to you by Unison Health. Unison Health is a nonprofit mental health agency dedicated to serving the Northwest Ohio community for the past 50 years. 